0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Expository Insights with Pastor Lyle Wall. Today we begin our Advent series, The Christmas You've Always Longed For, with Slow Down or Reflection. Slow down and listen. The Christmas season has begun. If you haven't started getting into it, watch out. As one man said, the Christmas season is about to ambush you from behind. Along with all the lights and other beautiful sights, there are the parties and eating, family gatherings and eating, church and community events and eating, the special baking, cooking and eating. Even with all of this, we can't forget the shopping. Thursday, the 23rd of November, was Thanksgiving Day in the United States. The next day typically is the biggest shopping day of the year, both there and here in Canada. It is estimated that one out of every three people in the United States went shopping on that Friday. And many had to work. Businesses sometimes refer to the Friday after Thanksgiving as Black Friday. Not in the normal way of disaster, but positively. A day with a lot of black ink profits and no red ink losses. We don't have to go downtown or to the malls to shop. You can shop at home. While catalogs are still around, internet shopping has been center stage for some years now. I took a few minutes to browse for some special gifts. There is one executive gift basket with cheese, crackers, nuts, coffee, rolled wafers, sausage, and, of course, a nice wicker basket for $329. If that's not nice enough, I saw one gift basket, actually a brown leather ottoman, brimming with too many edibles to mention, all for a mere $1,000. I used to enjoy picking up some things from Hickory Farms for Christmas. This year's grand holiday gift basket comes complete with different sausages, cheese, crackers, nuts, candy, coffee, and more for $149. Christmas What is it really all about? What should it be like? Statistics and our own observations tell us that Christmas is not an ideal happy time for everyone. One person in a moment of frankness said, I don't look forward to Christmas. It's never a happy time for me. For some, that comes from unhappy memories, and for others, from the loss of people who will not be here for Christmas. This Advent season, our focus will be on the Christmas you've always longed for. You may have a picture in your mind of what a good, if not perfect, Christmas would be like. Perhaps pictures like the idealized scenes on Christmas cards. A horse and sleigh gliding over snow on the way to church. Sitting by a warm fire with the family. A nice Christmas dinner with the family gathered carolers singing familiar carols, a beautifully decorated Christmas tree complete with plenty of presents, reflecting on a beautiful manger scene. Sometimes you may have walked or sprinted through Christmas and then wondered what it was all about. Whatever thoughts, pictures, and feelings you have, it can be helpful to look at to think about the Christmas you've always longed for. I saw that phrase in some Christmas devotional material years ago, and in building the subjects of these three Sundays from some of those ideas. I want us to go through this Christmas, through all the lights and sights, all the parties and delectable delights, and really have a Christ-honoring and spiritually refreshing Celebration. The focus for this first Sunday and week of Advent is Slow Down for Reflection. Today and throughout the coming weeks, we will be gathering principles from the record and example of Mary. To experience the Christmas we've always longed for in our busy, fast paced world, we should slow down and reflect. In fact, A Christ-honoring Christmas requires calm consideration. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary, to say her world was turned upside down would be a great understatement. Gabriel enters, and chaos strikes. It begins with a surprise appearance. Many of us know the story in the first chapter of Luke's Gospel. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary to tell her the long-awaited Messiah is finally coming to earth, and particularly about her role. If we know the history, if we have heard the account many times, it may not seem as surprising and chaotic to us as it was. I have never had an angel appear to me personally, visibly, talking to me. I suspect you haven't either it has always been a rare and special event. Contrary to past and present mythology, when an angel appears, it usually is surprising and unsettling. For example, earlier in this chapter, the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, a priest, as he was serving in the temple. How did this godly, righteous, blameless man, as he is described by Luke, react. Verse 12. Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. He was terrified. He was frozen with fear. Then also think of the two Marys going to Jesus' tomb after his resurrection. They encountered an angel whose first words to them were, do not be afraid why these were very unusual events as well gabriel is a holy angel of god and in both of these appearances he was on an important mission from god he was not exactly dropping by on the spur of the moment to go for a casual chat over coffee and donuts at tim hortons what about mary Verse 29 tells us she was very perplexed, or greatly troubled, when Gabriel appeared and greeted her. The word translated perplexed has the idea of being shaken or stirred. It is used to describe a person being disturbed, unsettled, thrown into confusion. Luke used an intensive form of the word here. She was completely confused, fully frightened, thoroughly terrified. That explains Gabriel's assurance to both Zechariah and then to Mary. Do not be afraid. Gabriel broke into the quiet, hopeful life of this young, godly woman. Chaos strikes with this surprise appearance. If the surprise appearance was not enough, Gabriel gives Mary a startling greeting. God's words are often startling to people. The opening chapter of John's Gospel records Jesus gathering disciples. When Philip brought Nathanael to him, Jesus greeted him by saying, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael was startled by the greeting and asked, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Again, Nathanael was startled and replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Gabriel, apparently taking on some physical form Mary could see, came into her home and said to her, verse 28, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Try to put yourself in her place. An angel, a messenger from God and with God's words, arrives and greets you by saying, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Angels don't do their own writing let alone do any ad-libbing on those rare occasions when they make announcements to people. They come from God with His message. God said to Mary through Gabriel, You are a favored one. You have been especially blessed with God's grace. You may be familiar with the Roman Catholic prayer, the Hail Mary, which begins, Hail Mary, full of grace. The wording comes from early translations into Latin which read full of grace, but that is not an accurate translation. The word used here occurs only two times in the New Testament and is not the word commonly used for grace. It has the idea of giving favor to, to highly favor someone. As well, the word used here is not in the active voice but passive voice. Think of, I throw the ball. I, the subject, am doing the action. That is active voice. Then, the ball is thrown by me. Here the subject I is acted on by the verb. This is the passive voice. I receive the action. The point is that Gabriel did not say Mary was inherently full of grace, but that she had received favor from God. Gabriel states this again in verse 30. This time Luke uses the common word for grace, or favor, when he says, you have found favor with God. His first words in greeting her, you are a favored one. No wonder she was startled. A surprise appearance followed by a startling greeting, and that's not all. There was a shocking message. The main point of his message and visit is seen as we pick it up at verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great." and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. She will conceive, give birth to a son, and name him Jesus. That is, Yahweh is salvation, or God is salvation. In the Old Testament, the equivalent name is Joshua. It was a fairly common name in Mary's day. But this was not at all a common event. The message was shocking and perplexing because, as she stated in verse 34, she was unmarried and a virgin. How could she have a child? But the intensity continued and increased as Gabriel told her not only of the miraculous conception, but also that she was to be the mother of the long-awaited Messiah, the ruler and savior of Israel and the world, the very son of God who would rule forever. Don't let the familiarity of this message take the shocking bite out of it. When you step back and consider this, You can well understand why she used the first three words of her response, four words in English. How can this be? She was shocked. How can a virgin conceive, give birth to a son? How can she, not having a next-in-line position in King David's family, have a son to sit on the throne? How can he rule forever? And then, to top all of this, How can any woman be the mother of God, the Son? Yes, indeed, how can this be? Into her calm, predictable, hopeful life, chaos strikes. As we continue to focus on Mary's part in this, we see the chaos stilled. This began and continued with a process of thorough thought. Verse 29. But she was very perplexed at this statement, and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. Mary was pondering, kept pondering, kept wondering about Gabriel's greeting. The word ponder has the basic idea of calculating, thinking about, considering. This again is an intensive form to think about thoroughly, to think through thoroughly. The action here is ongoing. Mary was in an ongoing process of thoroughly thinking through all these things. How do we respond when something surprising, startling, and shocking strikes? Good things, getting your dream job, a new child or grandchild, being able to take the trip that you have wanted for a long time. Bad things. The dreaded diagnosis. Cancer, and there is no cure. The death of a family member or friend. A relationship that has blown up. Do you immediately go into fight-or-flight mode? Do you try to push it out of your mind to not think about it? Do you rush to a rash decision? Or do you do what Mary did? Slow down. Begin an ongoing process of carefully thinking it through. After Jesus' birth, Luke records in chapter 2, Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. A different word for pondering is used there but it has the same overall idea of an ongoing process of thoroughly thinking through everything. This was a first and critical step for Mary in her relationship and responsibility to God to see Him still the chaos of her circumstances, of her thoughts and feelings, a process of slowing down and thinking it through thoroughly. For us, this process includes asking and waiting for God's wisdom, evaluating every thought and option by God's truth, the Bible. The process also involved an acceptance of God's message of obedience to Him. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, May it be done to me according to your word. Here is another critical step in Mary being and doing what pleased God. She not only knew, but she had internalized, accepted at the deepest levels that she could, the reality of who God is, who she was, and her relationship with God. God is the Eternal One, the Creator. Sovereign over us. We are his servants, bond servants, in his service because he has purchased us out of slavery to sin and transferred us into his holy kingdom. Mary knew these things not just as abstract truths or facts, but she knew they defined who she was. And so she saw God and herself accurately. It was because of this acceptance at the deepest level, Mary could say, May it be done to me according to your word. As surprising, startling, and shocking as Gabriel's appearance and message were, she was ready to accept and obey. She knew the path ahead would be troubling and embarrassing, but she was willing to obey God and accept that. Her attitude here is like Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane just before his arrest and crucifixion. Not my will, but yours, Father, be done. Without this, Mary would have shut herself off from God's work of stilling the chaos within. Stilling the chaos also included a place and time of quietness and reflection. Gabriel and Mary conclude their conversation. Gabriel leaves, and then, Luke records, Now at this time, Mary set out and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Yes, the confirming sign of God's power in Elizabeth being able to have a child after so many years brought her to Mary's mind. But why the rush? No one else knew what was happening. She could keep her pregnancy a secret for some time. If Mary wanted to be there when Elizabeth's baby was born, there was time. There was no need to leave immediately. We must be careful in supplying motives that are not spelled out. We can, however, safely note a couple of things. Mary continued her process of thinking things through and got away from Nazareth to do that. She was there when Elizabeth's son John was born, John, who we know as John the Baptist. She found a place where she was away from her regular routine, even family and friends, so she could quietly explore and reflect, look ahead as well as back, Process the implications and complications. Chaos strikes and is stilled in Mary. Now we move from Mary and the historical event Christmas celebrates to ourselves and Christmas 2023. Question Will there be chaos for you this Christmas? The principles we have seen in Mary can help us this Christmas. The core truth we have been looking at is vital for us. A Christ-honoring Christmas requires calm consideration. Start with initiating your own process of thorough thought. What is Christmas all about? Yes, it is elementary. The birth of Jesus, God the Son, coming into our world, the Savior of the world. We want to celebrate as we should, and in a way that is meaningful to us. You know the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. We even take a stand against redefining Christmas by so many people. In the words of a couple of other slogans, put Christ back into Christmas. Santa Claus didn't die for your sins. But beyond the obvious and the slogans, what is Christmas all about? As that wise bear Winnie the Pooh said, the beginning is a very good place to start. Start at the beginning by reading the first chapters of the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Read them carefully slowly, as if you had never read them before, as if you had never heard the story before. Ask questions. Soak in the miraculous love, grace, power, and, yes, humility of God. Slow down for, take the time for a process of thorough thought. From another perspective, Think about what you have liked the best and least from past Christmases and what you can do to maximize the good and minimize the bad. It's easy to get caught into patterns which can form deep ruts and even canyons that are difficult to climb out of. Guard what you let your mind dwell on. Remember that Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, that how you think within yourself is what you are what you think about dwell on determines your attitudes your character and so then your actions don't fall into the trap of focusing on the perfect christmas on the things and activities of the season on what you don't have can't have on what you don't like about How many people view and celebrate Christmas? Remember the positive instructions for the kinds of things we are to think about from the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Think about what can I do What will I do to truly honor and worship Christ this Christmas? A Christ-honoring Christmas requires calm consideration. Then, too, accept and pursue what is really important in this Christmas season. This flows out of the first step of thorough thought, and really cannot be answered correctly without that first step. Yes, there are many demands. There is a whole lot of pushing and pulling for your time and energy, enough possible good and nice things to fill 20 Christmases. So, having spent some time thinking on what this season is really about, accept and pursue what is really important in this Christmas season. In your priorities, plans, and activities, Take into account the balance of your individual, family, church family, friends, and community needs and responsibilities. While having respect for obligations and expectations, also respect your own freedom. For some of us, this means dragging out the false guilt sign and putting it right in front of our face frequently during these next weeks. Then as well, take time for quietness. To slow down and reflect. Slowing down, being quiet, reflecting. I realize these are not exactly the first things that most people think about as typical during the Christmas season. While they may be the last things we associate with Christmas, They are among the first things all of us should put on our calendars. There are many different approaches to scheduling and keeping track of appointments and other events. Mental notes, scraps of paper, calendars and scheduling forms, electronic and computer scheduling. Whatever method you use, pencil in, better yet, write in indelible ink, sometimes for quietness, to slow down and reflect this Christmas. The Christmas you've always longed for doesn't have to elude you this year. It will not if you begin with understanding that a Christ-honoring Christmas requires calm consideration. One writer tells us about an area, much like ours, that has many scenic but difficult, even treacherous roads, leading through amazingly beautiful sights. He suggests the government could use one of two options for safety. Build well-equipped clinics at the bottom of these roads where those who go over the side would be treated. Or put up well-placed large signs, danger, curve ahead, drive slowly. We know the people who plan and build our highways choose the second option. Slow down. Don't crash. That's the option each of us should choose for this Christmas season. Understand and act on it. Starting right now. In these next quiet moments with God, Take some quiet moments with God before you make your way into the rush and noise of the season. Be still in the presence of God. He is here with you. He knows how you feel. He knows some of us are geared up to celebrate. He knows that some of us may not feel like celebrating with what has gone on and is going on in our lives. He will meet our needs and enable us to truly celebrate the greatest gift ever given, Jesus Christ. Tell God you don't want to rush, to run and be dragged through another chaotic Christmas, that you, that you want to slow down for reflection so you can truly honor Christ this Christmas. Commit yourself to a process of thinking through the meaning of the season and your activities, to be and do what honors Christ, to blocking out those times for quietness and reflection in your schedule. Bow with me in prayer. God, our loving, gracious Father, thank you for loving us, for sending your Son to us, for us. Thank you for the Advent season in which we focus on his coming as one of us to save us. Father, thank you that you know our hearts, our feelings, our circumstances, and that you will lead us to honor Christ as we rely on and follow you. Keep us from things that would distract us. Keep us from bowing to pressures for involvement that are not right for us, that you don't require of us. Help us, Father, to truly honor Jesus Christ our Savior in this season. We pray in his wonderful, precious name. Amen.